0: The Supreme Lord Hari, Hari. Abadharyah Perceiving, Perceiving. Asya. Asya Of Lord Brahma, of Lord Brahma. Karpanyam. Karpanyam. Karpanyam The distress Zidikta Without a doubt, doubt. Adhyatma Minds of others, others. Darshanah one who can see, one who can see. Vimuncha. Vimuncha, cast off, off. Atmatanum. Atma Your body. Your body. Vuram. Vuram. Impure. Impure. Iti Utaha. Thus, Thus commanded. Vimu mochaha. Vimu Lord Brahma threw off. Lord Brahma threw off. Translation of report by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Shri Prabhupada. Say, Prabhupada. The Lord who can distinctly see the minds of others perceived Brahma's distress and said to Him, cast off this impure body of yours. Thus commanded by the Lord, Brahma cast off His body. Please repeat. The Lord Lord. who who can distinctly see the minds of others perceived Brahma's distress
1: Perceive distress, and
0: said to him, said to him cast, off this body of yours. cast off this impure body of yours. Thus commanded by the Lord, Lord Rama cast, cast off his body. Report by Srila Prabhupada. The Lord is described here by the word Vivikthadhyatma Darshanaha. If anyone can completely perceive another's distress without doubt, it is the Lord Himself. If someone is in distress and wants to get relief from his friend, sometimes it so happens that his friend does not appreciate the volume of distress he is suffering. But for the Supreme Lord, it is not difficult. The Supreme Lord as Paramatma is sitting within the heart of every living entity, and he directly perceives the exact causes of distress. In Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says, Sarvasya Chaham Riddisani Vishta. I am sitting in everyone's heart, and because of me, one's remembrance and forgetfulness occur. Thus, whenever one fully surrenders unto the Supreme Lord, one finds that he is sitting within one's heart. He can give us direction how to get out of dangers or how to approach him in devotional service. The Lord, however, asked Brahman to give up his present body because it had created the demoniac principle. According to Sridhar Swami, Brahma's constant dropping of his body does not refer to his actual giving up of his body. Rather, he suggests that Brahma gave up a particular mentality. Mind is a subtle body of the living entity. We may sometimes be absorbed in some thought which is sinful, but if we give up the sinful thought, it may be said that we give up up the body. Brahma's mind was not in correct order when he created the demons. It must have been full of passion because the entire creation was passionate. Therefore, such passionate sons were born. It follows that any father and mother should also be careful while begetting children. The mental condition of a child depends upon the mental status of his parents at the time he is conceived. According to the Vedic system, therefore, the Karvadan Shamskara, or the ceremony of giving birth to a child, is observed. Before begetting a child, one has to sanctify his perplexed mind. When the parents engage their minds in the lotus feet of the Lord, and in such a state the child is born, naturally good devotee children come. When the society is full of such good population, there is no trouble from the demoniac mentalities. Jayashila Prabhupada. Thank you. Om Agyana Tamirantasya Gananjana Salakaya Daksu Umilitam Yena Tasmayashi Gurave Namaha Namaste Jivanandaya Dasaya Bhanacharine Prabhupada Labaya Shni Vinodine Agyana Dantagamanam Pashtate Patitatmanam Jnana Guru Thaya Chitra Harine Namaha gancha khapatrubhyashta kitabamdu devacha atitanam navane vyo vaishnavedyo namo namaha namo om vishnu padaya krishna bisaya bhutale shrimate batti vedanta swamini namaste saraswati Devi gorvani pracharine nivishesa Shunyavari-bhashyasha-deshatha-dhide Jaya Sri Krishna Jaitanya Prabodhita-nanda Sri Advaita-gharadhar Srivasadi Gaur Bhaktavinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare Hare, 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 Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama, Rama Hare Hare the Lord, who can distinctly see the minds of others, perceived Brahma's distress and said to him, Cast off this impure body of yours. Thus commanded by the Lord, Brahma cast off his body. Die. Welcome all the devotees. Please accept my sincere obeisances and respects. Thank you for being here. So this particular word in this verse, or this name of Krishna, Hari, refers to one who takes away, and ultimately we understand it's one who takes away the distress of the living entity. And that distress is caused by the material connection. Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, So he says, An intelligent person does not take part in the source of misery, which is due to contact with the material senses. Such pleasures have a beginning and an end, and the wise do not delight in them. So as soon as we touch the material energy, it's like a fire, it's like touching the stove. Even though Uh, It seems like it may be fun, and it may be a wonderful, exciting adventure. It's actually very painful. It's uh, completely against our true nature as spirit souls who are full of knowledge and bliss, who actually, as a soul, suffer nothing. And we uh, we can visualize that uh, description of the chariot of the body. And see the soul in the back seat um, in very much distress and fear because of the ride through the material energy. It's a very disturbing experience. Jivo Jivasya Jivanam, um, that the living entities are hurting one another and causing one another um, lots of pain in this world. And so as we become Enlightened by the spiritual master, by the process of devotional service, we start to be more conscious of the distress of others and of um, the experience of others. And ultimately, Krishna. I think Prabhupada was crying. You know, please be very, very careful. We're dealing with Krishna here. So ultimately, we're we're hurting Krishna. So that is. Um, the state of ignorance that here Krishna is telling Brahma, give this up. So Krishna is Adi Guru. He's the original spiritual master. And when Brahma was meditating for a thousand celestial years, um, Krishna benedicted him with the potency to do his service, to create. And we can see that Krishna is here for him now. Krishna is holding his hand now and helping him uh, through this process. So this is indicative of, of our journey, our spiritual journey, that it's it can be very um, confusing or difficult. Um, it can be painful, like Krishna says, that these things are bitter in the beginning, but at the end they become like nectar. So we can uh, remember and take solace in the fact that Guru Um, is there for us. The Guru and Krishna are there for us the whole time. From the moment we take shelter of Guru and we remain in his shelter, the Guru is always there for us and will help us. He'll help us give up this uh, this gross and subtle material body that's the cause of all our distress. And he will help us transform our consciousness. Um, The subtle body is very difficult to give up. And the mind, as Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, is very difficult to control. It's more difficult to control than the wind. But Krishna promises, if we surrender unto Him, He will transform us. He will give us new consciousness. And that consciousness is transmitted through pure souls that we come in contact with, and they're like uh, the bright rays of the sun. Eliminating the fog in the morning. When we come in contact with great souls, like reading Prabhupada's books, um, reading the Srimad Bhagavatam, discussing with devotees, Srimad Bhagavatam, when we come in contact with this, in that state, it's like those bright sun rays that eliminate the fog from our own hearts and allow us um, to perceive a new reality, to actually see the soul, to see other souls, to see God. Because here, uh, Krishna is he's, he's understanding Brahma's distress. And the Prabhupada says, if anyone can completely perceive another's distress without a doubt, it is the Lord Himself. And so we can see at every step, especially in Kali Yuga, that everybody is seeking some relief from distress basically every move in Kali Yuga is an act to be relieved from this distress that's upon us. And so we can see the uh, all-encompassing nature of the field of psychology and how everybody, it seems, at one point or another has a psychologist that they uh, go to to be relieved from distress, this mental um, pain that they suffer. But here Uh, Srila Prabhupada is saying, um, and Krishna is understanding Brahma. He's understanding the the real cause of this distress. Because even if we we get to know the intricate workings of the mind, and we can um, help people attain a a more peaceful state of existence, there's a deeper issue. And that's very, very deep-rooted within the actual person themselves. The actual person themselves, Krishna actually sees us. He sees through this gross and subtle covering. And he directly perceives our real needs. He perceives our real desires. He knows what we need. He knows what we truly want. But he'll be be aloof. Um, As he says in, in the ninth chapter of Bhagavad Gita. He says, I remain aloof. Everybody is in me, but I am not in them. He's allowing us to experience this world. But when we come in contact with a pure devotee, we come in contact with Krishna consciousness, the Lord is making it possible for us to be relieved from this grief. Relieved from the suffering for good. And He lays out for us a perfect plan for us to... Um, ultimately attain real shelter attain real freedom <laughs> from these distresses um, it's said in the uh, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita that the Lord's really only occupation is giving pleasure to the devotees that's really uh, his only engagement that the Lord has and so uh, we see in Lord Chaitanya's pastimes that um, the Lord fulfilled uh, the desires of the devotees. And we see that in Lord Krishna's pastimes as well. And so we can we can understand that even though things may be difficult, the Lord is actually taking care of us. Um, like the story we were speaking recently about uh, Sudama Brahmana and how he was a childhood friend of Krishna's. And they were separated through the course of Krishna's um, leela And um, they were in distress because they were in a very impoverished situation. And uh, Krishna was in Dwarka at this time. And the wife of Subhadama, Brahmana, uh, reminded Subhadama at the time that they were in great distress. They hardly had any food. They hardly had anything at all. And and she reminded him, she said, Why aren't you a friend of Krishna's? Why don't you go and, and see if Krishna can help us? So Sudama, at hearing about his dear friend Krishna, he immediately, he wasn't thinking about um, attaining any material benediction from Krishna. He was thinking, wow, now this is a perfect opportunity where I can go see my dear friend Krishna. And so he was preparing to leave on his journey and they were thinking, we have to bring some offering to Krishna. So they, they found some old chipped rice. That was about the only thing they had. They put together some chipped rice in a bag and Sudama Brahmana went to Dwarka And Krishna welcomed him with a loving embrace and actually um, seated him on his own seat and and bathed his feet. And it was such a joyous occasion. And he elicited Sadama Brahmana to give him this chipped rice, although Sadama Brahmana didn't want to give it to him because he was so embarrassed about this gift. And immediately Lord Krishna started eating this chipped rice as a loving exchange with the devotee. And Suddhama so Brahmana, he was in complete ecstasy of being with his uh, old dear friend Krishna. And he for- completely forgot to ask Krishna for a benediction. And so <laughs> the whole purpose of Kami, um, based on his, his wife's request, was to ask Krishna for, for help because they're in an impoverished state. But he uh, was skipping back home in ecstasy of seeing Krishna and he completely forgot <laughs> about the mission. And so upon arriving home, there's a gigantic uh, palace there, or mansion, and all opulence. And there was Sudama Brahmana's wife, um, dressed very gorgeously, with all kinds of jewels and ornaments. And, and so, um, Krishna understood exactly the situation. And he saw it as an opportunity. See, Krishna does multiple uh, things at the same time. He's like, I get to see my dear friend Sudama, fulfill his desire to see me? At the same time, relieve the, the distress in his household or life. And this is going on throughout Lord Krishna's pastimes. Um, we can see, uh, of course, in the Brahma Mohan Lila, when all the, the cowherd ladies wanted Krishna as their son. So Krishna arranged the situation to illusion Brahma so that he, could, he could expand as all the cowherd boys and he could he, he become their son for one year. So in that way, completely satisfy their desire to have him um, as their son. And also, there's a there's a famous pastime in the chaitanya Charitamrita, Because um, Lord Chaitanya, he was uh, playing the role of a, of a most wonderful devotee and a humble servant of all the Vaishnavas. He was showing how to be a humble servant. So he wouldn't accept service from anyone. He made it a point that he simply wanted to serve. So that's why Advaita Acharya had to attack him on the vyasa because uh, he wanted to be chastised by the Lord, but the Lord was, was seeing him as his master. So Advaita Acharya spoke Mayabai philosophy, so that the Lord um, would be in angered and chastise him. And so Advaita Acharya was in bliss in receiving this chastisement from the Lord. And so we can see, um, even in the early stages of the Lord's life, this was before he took sannyas, that he behaved as a, as a perfect Vaishnava, and he used to serve all the devotees. Um, so he used to, it was described, um, I was here. Rana Swami described how he would actually, um, you know, we all hang our clothes up, especially in India, you hang your clothes up to dry. So the Lord would actually take the clothes and bring those clothes to the devotees. And he would bring them their basic necessities. He would bring them their tilak to decorate themselves. And so the Lord was, was behaving in, in this way. And the devotees were, were very pleased in ecstasy with the Lord's association. But at the same time, they felt like, we really want to serve Lord Chaitanya. We want to have the, the blessing, the bliss of service to him. We're tired of, of being served by him. And so what happened was is that they would have these intimate kirtans in the house of Shivas, Pandit. And they're the most blissful, ecstatic kirtans that they would have. They'd all be absorbed in the ocean of love of God. And so the Lord, uh, recognizing this mood, he told the devotees, he said, all day long we're in the bliss of, of kirtan and hearing the names of the Lord, but we're wasting our nights sleeping. So this is... this is a uh, this is not good, so, so for one year, we're all going to day and night, 24 hours a day, engage in this kirtan, without stop, and all the devotees were, were in ecstasy hearing this, none of them were concerned about the ability to do it, because in that, in that uh, magical environment, they knew Lord Chaitanya uh, would empower all of them, they were so much absorbed in this uh, spiritual uh, energy, this spiritual ecstasy. And so Lord, the Lord, in one particular pastime, famous pastime, Mahaprakashalila, he benedicted all the devotees to be able to engage in this service to him, that he had been neglecting them, acting as a pure devotee. So the Lord, in one of these ecstatic kirtans, he walked right onto the altar of Srivastava Pandit and sat right in the throne of Lord Vishnu. He, 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 he was God, but he was acting as a devotee, and this role, he fulfilled the devotee's desire to be God, so he's, he he picked up the shaligram Shivas from the seat of, of Lord Vishnu and placed them on his lap and sat on the throne. And at this particular time in the Lord's pastimes, he hadn't taken the sannyas yet, so he had beautiful locks of black hair, and and so he was he was looking very very elegant, very uh, very effulgent. And um, then the Lord said to the devotees. He said, now it's time to, to sing the bathing songs. And so they understood that they could do Abhishek for the Lord. So then all the devotees started bringing these, waters, uh, these buckets of water from the Ganges. And they all started bathing the Lord with these buckets of water. And uh, then they started bringing all these wonderful foods to the Lord in great quantities. Because we were speaking recently about how like in Vedic culture, the mothers want to want to feed all the guests. They want to feed their children, they want to feed all the guests. And so they keep on putting more and more prashadam on their plates. But very quickly we reach satiation and we can't, we can't eat. But the Lord didn't have this limit. So in the Lord's pastimes, the, the devotees, they could cook any quantity of prashadam that they wanted and the Lord would, could honor every bit of it. So they were making like mounds of sweet rice, uh, kheer condensed milk, and they brought thousands of bananas. And the Lord was, was eating all of them very quickly. And he was drinking all of their offerings of Ganga water. And then they were bathing the Lord. And the Lord, one by one, was, was fulfilling all of their desires. First um, is that famous story about Duki, the little the girl who he recognized. And she was simply lining up the buckets so the devotees could take the buckets to bathe the Lord. So a very, very uh, simple and humble service. And the Lord asked, who is this Who is this girl? And they said her name is Duki. And uh, because uh, her, her siblings before had passed away, so the mother in uh, sorrow named her Duki. He said she shouldn't be named Duki. He said she should be named Suki, which means happiness. And all the devotees said
1: Haribo. And,
0: and uh, then simultaneously, Along with uh, changing her name to Suki, he gave her pure love of God. And so she, she was in, uh, enraptured in the bliss of love of God in that moment. And uh, for Advaita Acharya, Advaita Acharya um, he said, What can I do to fulfill your desire? And he said, There's nothing you can do. You've already fulfilled all my desires. If you remember, I was calling you, I was requesting you to come. Uh, with great uh, eagerness, and you came to this world in such a way you completely satisfied my desire uh, through your association. So um, the Lord was understanding um, the intrinsic deep desires. Um, this description is there in the Chaitanya Bhagavat. So he is, and he was um, seeing. Every one of their wants and desires. So in this, in this uh, name of Lord Hari, when he takes away, we can understand that it can be a painful experience. Like, my realization from the demolition here is you have to break to, to build. That's necessary. If you don't break, then you can't rebuild because you have old stuff there and it gets in the way. So the Lord, as, as Hari is breaking our material attachments. And even though it may be extremely hard to understand or difficult, um, the devotee developing firm faith, reaching a higher stage of firm faith in Guru Krishna, realizes that all of it is is a perfect plan of God. All of it is perfect and complete. And we can make advancement in such a state. Uh, I don't know if any of you know Bhakti Dhamadar Swami. But he's a wonderful um, African s- uh, sannyasi. And he's very, very uh, uh, sweet and loving and, and has a very compassionate mood um, in his preaching. So there's this one beautiful video that he has um, some of his maybe disciples or followers put together on tolerance. So he, was, he was describing the power of tolerance. And, um, and it's this basic lessons that we learn but, uh, coming from somebody who who has actually learned to tolerate um, the senses and transcend this, it, it was very, very um, enlightening. And the first point he made was um, was that, like Krishna says, He says that he says you're you're suffering, you're suffering today, but you weren't suffering yesterday. And you're not going to suffer tomorrow, so just tolerate. You're happy today, but you weren't happy yesterday. In the future, so just tolerate. And the second, the second uh, point that he made on tolerance is: it says when you don't tolerate, then you then you complicate the matter. You make it worse. Like we were quoting before, Yehi some sparsojabo ga duga yunaiyete. So, then he says, simply don't complicate, this, the, don't complicate the situation. Just simply tolerate. And it was very, very powerful. And he said, and what happens is, is just like um, Lord Jesus Christ. He said, when you're when you're slapped on one cheek, say go ahead and just turn the other. He said, in that way, when you do that, when you when you when you follow that, pass that test. Uh, a, a burden of karma is lifted off our head. So the devotee, when, when a test um, is difficult, the devotee becomes very happy because when they pass the test, he says, upon passing these tests, we attain a promotion. Like Krishna says, he says, these things that are good for you, these pious activities, these activities of bhakti yoga, they're bitter at first. But at the end, they become very sweet. That sweetness is a promotion. Like if we go through the the bitter, um, difficult uh, scenarios, but we go ahead and do the right thing, although difficult, then it becomes very sweet. And that way, he says, we we attain a promotion uh, through that tolerance. And that's the Lord's prescription. He says, "We can we can chant the holy names of the Lord constantly um, through this tolerance." And this is actually the prescription to control the mind in Bhagavad Gita. Krishna says, "Practice and detachment." So we understand that practice is Krishna consciousness. That practice is replacing uh, mundane thoughts, mundane visions. A mundane mindset, replacing that with transcendental sound vibration, replacing that with Krishna consciousness. Um, that's that's the only cure. So it's said that Krishna is the only real doctor. As again we were speaking, how everybody is approaching persons, approaching the world with a need to be relieved from distress, but the only real doctor is, is Lord Krishna, because he understands. Our deepest needs, our deepest desires, and He knows a perfect program to relieve us from this distress for good, to take away this uh, disease of material energy from our life for good, and and He can really do that if we, When we we approach Him with uh, with fervent heart. Um, he's He's very uh, willing to reciprocate. Um, that he's very willing to reciprocate um, our desire to connect with him. And he's very willing to quickly purify our heart when we engage uh, sincerely in the practices. So we understand, too, that um, God never gives us a test that we can't pass. So we know that actually, not just um, every day, but in every moment of our lives, we have the choice. Krishna gives us the choice, because he'll never force us. He gives us a choice to be Krishna consciousness, to be in Krishna consciousness, to be conscious of Krishna, or he gives us a choice to forget him. And he's never going to take that choice away. Due to the mercy of Guru and Krishna, um, Krishna has been given to us. He's been handed to us. But still, at every moment of our lives, uh, we can choose to remember Krishna, or, or we can choose to revert back to um, a materialistic way of thinking, that that is the status quo of this world, and that's why um, that's why loving relationship is a constant endeavor. There's no room in a in a loving relationship for just autopilot and just thinking. Oh, you know, things will just be nice, because autopilot basically means again like riding on the chariot of the mind. And when we're riding on the chariot of the mind, we can't be conscious of others. So We were speaking previously about how in the material conception, there's no consciousness of others in terms of their happiness or distress. It's simply, um, how can I take this world and, and exploit it for gratification? And that's animal life. The animals, they don't think a thing. The predator animals, they don't think a thing when they, when they kill another living entity. Uh, for food. They have they have no remorse in their heart whatsoever. Because that's just the status quo of the material energy. It's just survival and, and trying to get on in this world. But um, Krishna consciousness is different. Um, Krishna consciousness actually allows us to reawaken to the fact that a relationship means that there's constant endeavor. There's constant endeavor to be aware of the Beloved. Like Prabhupada was saying, be very careful we're dealing with Krishna. Very, very careful. Constant awareness of what we're doing in relationship to the Beloved. And um, through that awareness, Krishna becomes pleased. And through that pleasure of Krishna, we attain transcendental bliss and enthusiasm to, to serve Krishna more. To surrender to Krishna even more deeply, and in that way, uh, there's a never-ending uh, opportunity to deepen our connection and love of God, and uh, that's, that's possible um, through tolerance, through tolerance, and discontinuing continuing on, and uh, keep on keep on endeavoring, and humility. So Lord said, so those two things will enable us to always chant the holy names: tolerance and humility. And uh, that's really the key um, to our success, and that's, that's the key um, qualities of a Vaishnava. Because in order to serve others, we have to be humble. It's difficult for, for a proud person to serve. Um, they, they'll serve for, to receive a paycheck, but to serve others um, as their master, that's, that's very difficult. Um, and so, But that's the process. That's the key process, is serving one another and chanting the holy names of the Lord. And we can only attain that um, through humility and tolerance. Okay, so we're in here. Does anybody have any questions? Or, yeah? yeah, this is a very curious sentence in the first
1: word. Maybe you can shed some light. Ramadan's mind was not in the correct order when he created the demons. It must have been full of passion, because the entire creation was passionate So, of course, you can include Avatar for passion. But what does it mean his mind was not in correct order? Because Krishna, he was under Krishna's direction. He had to create the demons, that's part of the creation. So, what do you think about that?
0: Sometimes when we do a service, we have to enter a frame of mind that isn't always the most ideal frame of mind. Like it's not like like Arjuna after he fights the battle, he shouldn't stay, you know, enraged in the mode of passion. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like when he steps off the battlefield, you know, he shouldn't have the same mood as when he's on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, Brahma is the, the Guna avatar in the mode of, uh, in controlling the mode of passion. Mm-hmm. But when he was done with this, obviously this is a service because these demonic living beings have to be manifest in the world. The way I understand is when he's done, when he's done with that, then give that up, don't stay in that frame of mind. Yeah, he's like, contaminated also by that, that consciousness. He wasn't in a
1: normal head of a sampradaya by itself. Krishna had to put him in this altered state of consciousness to create the <laughs> Yeah,
0: He wasn't in his Haridas Thakura mood.
1: Right. <laughs> okay. Yes, great class. Thank you. Um, you said in the beginning, you were talking about how the Guru was always there for us. And I was just wondering maybe if you want to say something about it, because you know, at least in the history of our history, sometimes there have been situations where the Guru was not there for a person supposedly. Yeah. had it. Do
0: you have any other things to say about that? Well, it's said that, you know, the Guru is a principle. So, I mean, Guru is persons, but also a principle. And so, um, if we attain shelter within the the Sampradaya, then uh, we accept the the principle mood of of the Sampradaya. And that way, you know, Krishna accepts us. Like, say someone is sincerely, you know, trying to surrender to Krishna, and they're in the right state of consciousness, that they give us initiation, Krishna accepts us, even if that person um, goes away. That's the way I understand. Um, That, you know, the shelter means the shelter of the whole parampara, shelter of all the acharyas, the shelter of Lord Krishna, like that. So, like those who had gurus who fell down, but they're, they took shelter in the, in the lineage of Śrīla Prabhupāda, then Śrīla Prabhupāda is still giving them shelter because I'm, I, I'm, I know Śrīla Prabhupāda accepts them. Definitely. So, like in the right mood, they took shelter of somebody who was also um, plugged into the then, um I don't, I don't, I don't believe that Krishna gets stuck on technicalities so much because he, he really sees um, the intricacies. Like in this particular verse, what is saying is that Krishna really sees the intricacies of Lord Brahma's heart. Like he really understands Brahma, and he really knows him. So. so I mean, are so many examples of devotees who had their guru fall down, but they were sincerely wanting to be a devotee and they kept on keep on serving. So I know Prabhupada accepts them. There's no doubt. Krishna doesn't say, oh well you're you know you're out of luck. Like you have to fall back into the material pool now. Does anybody have anything else to say about that? Yeah,
1: sure. uh when this, whenever this comes up I'd like to tell that story about uh, uh Prabhupada directing to Mal Krishna where I did the mayor's when Mal Krishna. Uh, Of course, Prabhupada only met his Guru Maharaj five or six times and then Prabhupada smiled and interrupted him. Actually, there was never a moment when I did not feel like Guru Maharaj right by my side. So, personal doesn't necessarily mean physical. It means being so attuned to your spiritual master's desire that you just, you feel his presence always. He lives forever by his divine instructions. Yeah. So a principle, yeah, uh, and a person also. Hope, blah, blah, person, blah, Whether it's a person that's physically manifest or not. It takes a lot of practice to feel that. Well, you yeah. know, um, I remember in your memory tape, you said that when you had that realization, where um, you were right behind the head. Oh, yeah. I was right next to Prabhupada, but I was I was nowhere near him. <laughs> That's the other side of the coin. And that and that, when Krishna sent me that realization, I talk about how I heard an inner voice that yes, Krishna saying yes, you're right next to Srila Prabhupada, but you're nowhere near him. You're a million miles away. And that was kind of my inoculation, as I put, it, uh, from Prabhupada leaving us physically. Um, because i felt nothing really changed of course everything changed externally but nothing really changed internally and that we all had an equal opportunity to be close to Prabhupada by really following his, his life teachings mood, and mission yeah that was <laughs> the other side of the coin.
0: and then Prabhupada gave the example of the insect sitting next to the king on the throne <laughs> So the insect might be right next to the king, yeah. but they, they have no connection yeah. besides the
1: physicality. Yeah, and then
0: he told Jamuna, um, he said,
1: when Jamuna asked how many times did he we with you, Guru Maharaj? Oh, maybe five or six times, but they were very intimate times. And then Francis told her, those who, Guru Maharaj told me that those who always wanted to be with him were like mosquitoes. Like an insect, simply sucking blood. Mm-hmm. Just want to be seen with a guru and have prestige externally that they were close to. So yeah. I saw you had something. Yeah. Thank you for such a nice class. Um, thank you. Can, and thank you also, Shri, sure for mentioning about how it takes a lot of practice to cultivate that awareness of you know the prampras more than just kind of principles, but just that awareness of the presence of that. Mm-hmm. But can you say anything about the, the importance of devo- of really healthy relationships among devotees to kind of be supporting that as we're practicing?
0: It's it's all important. Mm-hmm. Prabhupada said that that's what the society is for, for loving exchanges between the devotees. So without the devotees, uh, we can't make any progress in Krishna consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, because consciousness actually comes through persons and that's actually what's happening here is Brahma is associating with these demonic persons and he's getting contaminated by that. Uh, He had to do that, just like we have to go out and and encounter so many different people, but in the end we regain our consciousness through the association of devotees. Like every morning we're circumambulating Tulsi Devi together and just through the association of Tulsi Devi she's purifying us. Like that, But all the devotees are, are carrying uh, Krishna consciousness, and it's contagious. So that, that powerful energy of the collective force of the devotees who are in Krishna consciousness, um, it really totally transforms us on one hand. And if we don't have that, it will get sucked right right back into the regular um, scheme of things in this world. So in answer to your question, it's, it's all important. The most important principle of advancement is association. That's why even has Swami, he has a, he has a, a formula that he, he, he has to spend time with like, persons that are you know, deeply absorbed in Krishna consciousness, his godbrothers, senior godbrothers, etc. A certain portion of the time, because he's such a, a, a busy preacher that he has to encounter so many people, go to so many places. So he has a principle for himself even though his whole life has been surrendered to Prabhupada, he's a sannyasi, he's given up all connection to this world, he still has that principle for himself that I have to protect my consciousness and I have to do that by association with devotees. And that association is there when we, when we hear and chant the pastimes, the glories, and the names of Krishna and, 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 and help one another too in different ways. Just like we were talking about the Lord, you know, bringing the clothes from the clotheslines to the devotees <laughs> and bringing them tila, doing practical, uh, loving things, the exchange of prasadam, all these things. This, this means association. So.
1: You had mentioned about the limits of psychologists to kind of come to the aid of people who are in distress. So, um, again, just wondering about devotees who might be in some sort of distress developing relationships with other devotees as, as a place, you know, having that one good relationship
0: that you can talk to about problems or kind of seek um, that counsel among each other for to, to kind of cope with that distress. Yeah, so like two of the six exchanges are exchanging one's mind and confidence to another devotee. And so we have to have devotee friends that we can really open up our mind and our heart to. And generally that conversation looks like like this, like, you know, I'm going through this difficulty in life, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, attain more uh, firm determination in Krishna consciousness, and here's some of the barriers getting in my way, like really expressing, one's, making oneself vulnerable, you know, through, through the struggle of, of trying to become a devotee, and having a, a close devotee friend who helps us, who hears us, and is there to help us, and it's going to be you know, complete confidence for us. And I didn't mean to you know, dismiss psychologists in that statement. There, there's a place for that, and they can help people attain um, more of a state where, where they be more receptive to spiritual life. They can help somebody you know, come to more of a mode of goodness state oftentimes, like help, helping them work through bad habits, um, helping them give up bad association, things like that. So it can be helpful. But ultimately, Krishna really knows what we what we want. Deep, like he sees he sees right through the material energy, right to us. And so that was the devotee's experience with Prabhupada. He would see right to the soul. Um, being Krishna's messenger, he would see like that. Thank you. Okay. Rantaraja Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, yeah. Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Gaur Premanande.